Most people seek power and long for power and want to be acknowledged for their power. He knew he had power, and yet he did not exalt that over the common man and woman. So I'm going to share three things with you very briefly. Number one, he was born with a common name and common looks. I want you to I want you to look at yourself. Go ahead real quick. <laughs> well, you can. <laughs> you're, all, you're all a good-looking young men and women. He was born with a common name, and he had the kind of looks that you probably wouldn't want to look at. That's what the Scripture says. So when we see the, this, these pictures of Jesus where he's going, and he's bearded and he's holding, I was raised in a large liturgical denomination where he held his heart out. It was the red heart. Very, you know, the, uh, very, very much not probably the way Jesus looked at all. But the name Jesus itself is actually pronounced Yeshua, Joshua, Joshua. And the Hebrew name was Yushia. Uh, uh, um, and, and the pronunciation of that is very interesting because that name was a very common name throughout all of the area where Jesus was. And so Yeshua uh, jo, uh, it was not a name that was like, ah, oh, it it's, a, it's, a, it's a holy divine name. It was very common in the area. Kind of like... Uh, being bored. Now, now, don't take this wrong if you happen to be one of these names, but it's like it was a common name. It was a good name. It was a popular name, but it was common. Obviously, popular because a lot of people used it. Like today, John, Bill, Dave, Tony, Bartholomew. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> They're great names. But they don't quite stand out. You know what I'm talking about? They got, they got some standout names. Like today, it would be like Ace or Bear. I know a woman who named herself, named her son Bear, and he was just a little teeny thing, never really grew up to be that much. Bear? Cash. Crew. Knox. Apollo. Bowie. These are standout names. These are names, whether they know it or not, they're names that say, I'm special. Or parents that name their children that, so somehow you would think that they're special. They kind of stand out from everybody else. But Jesus' name was a very common name. It was a name that you'd want. Matter of fact, before he was 30 years old, not a lot of people knew anything about him. He was a carpenter, was, you know, the son of, his, of Joseph, and he didn't, he didn't, he just had issues. He had issues like a lot of other people because he, uh, he, he was in this human frame that we have. But I want you to know something. He was born with a common name to live among a common people with no kingly advantage over his common life whatsoever. Have any of you, you don't have to raise your hands, uh, like I, we, talk, we were talking with somebody in Dallas, uh, Debbie's brother's funeral, and this woman was talking, and she was talking in her southern accent, her Texas accent like this. Do we have any Texans here? 
it's almost like you're in an AA meeting. You're kind of scared to, you know, raise your hand there. <laughs> uh, and she was talking. She said, when I was a little girl, you know, I just want to let you know that we were, uh, you know, we had the local judge here in town there in Grape, Grapevine, Texas, and he would, uh, you know, he would, uh, I, was, I was a little guy. I got in trouble sometimes, but I would say to him, because he was over local, he knew my parents, and, my father, and I would say, I know uh, Mr. So-and-so, and, 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 and you, know, you know, I'm not going to get in trouble because if he, you know, if, 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 you, if, you, if I got in trouble, then I'm afraid I'm going to have to, and she said she'd get away with it. This is kind of local judges. I'm somebody, I'm special, you see. So Jesus never did that. He could have at any time said, Father, I don't want to do this. I'm done with this. I'm done with this stuff. I remember we did all kinds of stuff, God, together in Genesis 1. We were all over the place. I don't want to do this. He didn't pull any special strings with God, being that he was God, being that he was separated in three forms, but yet he was God. It'll all come to you later and maybe never. So Jesus had sickness. He was fully God and fully man. There was sickness in his life. He may have had the croup, I don't know. Had the sniffles, I don't know. He may have have allergies like me, I don't know. He probably fell down, he got hurt, he skinned his knees probably some. His mother probably picked him up and brushed him off. And, you know, he was probably tackling with some of the other guys and wrestling with him. You know, kids do crazy things. He probably got in a couple childhood fights. I don't know that, but I think he probably did. He had some pain. He was a carpenter. Tell me he didn't hit that thumb every once in a while or that finger. Had cuts. He had anger. He had no advantages, just like everybody else. No advantages whatsoever. Now, listen, we're talking about the son of almighty God here. Young men, I want to get this. Get this. The son of almighty God. I mean, I mean, he was present. Oh, Jesus, this son, this Christ child, was present when God created all of the heavens and the earth. When God, uh, the earth was formless, and, and he began to, it was completely dark, totally formless, the scripture says. And he separated the light from the darkness. He was there when he did all of that. And he was there when he called the light day and the darkness night. In the beginning, that's where he was. Here he is in this common state, but he was there in the beginning of all of this. When he separated the water underneath from the water above, there was water in both sides, underneath the earth and over top, and he separated them and he released them. And he was there when they separated the sea and the water to the dry ground. From water soaking wet to dry ground. And he was there when he created all of the seas. This God was here. When he produced vegetation and when he had seed-bearing plants and trees and fruit with seeds, he was there when he created all of these things. He was there when he threw the stars and the sun and the moon and the galaxies and the planets all up into the space. He was there. Amazing. This common God who didn't have to come here at all to put up with anything that we have. He was present when he created and brought light into the day and you had uh, more day during the day and lesser, uh, more light during the day and lesser light during the night. And he was there when he created the time zones, the days and the years, having little light and darkness. So he separated the darkness and created time zones throughout the course of the earth. When he multiplied creatures in the sea, every creature you can think of, every creature you see, God created it. He was there when all of that happened. When he created livestock and crawling things, and wild animals and birds all over the world. Christ was there. This Christ child, this Messiah King 
was there during that time, and now he's here falling down and getting in fights and maybe skinning his knees. And he was there when he said, let us create man in our image after our likeness. He, Christ, this Christ child was there. And he was present in all of that. And, 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 and also, when he said, it is not good that man be alone. Here's where you all come together, okay? It's not good that man be alone. So he created woman from the rib of Adam. And they together molded and became one flesh. He was there. This Christ child that is about to be born into a place that doesn't match anything of what I just said to you. And after it was all done, God said, it is good. It's all good. That's where we get the phrase, it's all good. No, not really. I'm only kidding. It's not true. And knowing uh, that Adam and Eve was going to sin and separate themselves from God, knowing all of this, he knew it. He foreknew it. This Christ child gave up all of that, all of this, to be born within a common city, I said last week, Bethlehem, into a filthy, dirty, unsanitary, stinking, germ-infested animal trough. It doesn't make sense. Not in today's world with all of the power-hungry people that there are. It doesn't make sense. Why? For all of humanity, he would come in this form to be able to connect with the common person that lives on this planet and goes through the stuff that you go through and other things that you go through. Stuff that you've gone through. Stuff that you've been tempted with. Stuff that you've, you've struggled with. He has been tempted in those things as well. His very common name and his physical appearance was uh, humbly, uh, I would say, relatable to both the lowly as well as the notable, anywhere from a Peter to a Nicodemus. I want to show you what Jesus could be looking like. Throw his pick up there. They took this with an iPhone back then. Yeah, the picture. There you go. That's one rendition of what he may look like. This is from... This is from uh, scientists and archaeologists and, and what they know about the area and what they think he may have looked like. This is all conjecture, of course. We don't know that this is exactly what he looked like. That's actually a, a complementary picture of the next picture, which is not so complementary, which is this. Now, do we know he looks like that? No, but it, there wasn't much to him. I want you to look at this picture, and I want you to listen to the scripture in Isaiah 53, 2, where it says, he grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground, and he had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. Flat out, he wasn't good looking. He wasn't good looking like Dave. Right, Dave? Amen. He just didn't have a lot going for him with the look side of it. And he didn't care because that is not what he was about. He's the same God, as I just said, that put all of those things together in Genesis 1. And he came 
I mean, look, if you're going to do all that and you're going to come to earth, be good looking. <laughs> I mean, stand out a little bit. Take, you know, it's just, isn't it something that he, he would come like that, but he made all you good looking people like this. Huh? He's an amazing God. Number two. This Christ child was born among sinners to both sympathize and empathize in what they go through in order to free them from the weight of the curse. I'm going to read from you and with you uh, Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 through 18. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that he might break that in us. You have the upper hand. You have power in Christ as a result of what he did, and what he did during this time and specifically, he came willingly as a, as a child in our human ways, in our human mind, breaking that power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all, pardon me, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every single way. Well, wasn't there a few ways that maybe he, he had a little privilege? None. Nada. Nada. In order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted as well. That's this Jesus, this Messiah King, who saw all this wonder and came in this filthy, stinking, rotten, unsanitary trough. It just blows my mind. Can you imagine one of our dignitaries, some of our senators, our president, kings, queens, and others, you know, being invited into a room that stunk and had animal everything there and, and every kind of hay and every kind of nastiness there is without them going, ooh, I, I, I don't want to have anything to do with this. That's how your Christ was born. Never forget this because if not, then you're not going to really understand how he connects with each and every one of us. This child, this Christ child, he would suffer so severely, young men and women, that his trauma is recorded this very day to us. Horrible, monstrous trauma. Isaiah 53, 3 and 5, 3 through 5. He was despised and rejected of mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hid their faces and was despised. Get it? This beautiful, almighty son of God, despised and suffering here on earth. And we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and he bore our sufferings. But he was pierced for our transgression, in other words, our sin, and he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. 
It isn't just about the Christ who arose from the grave, which is obviously very, very important and very mighty. But it's about how he came and what he had to go through and how he had to live and who he had to connect with and what he had to put up with when he could have opened his mouth and it says like a sheep, he closed his mouth like a sheep going to slaughter. He mentioned not a word. This Messiah Christ child did all of this for humanity and still is doing it to this day. Even with people who say, I have nothing to do with God. I was talking to some people, they were saying, I, I, don't, I don't believe in God. I don't, I, I, he doesn't exist. For those people too, he came for this very reason. Three and finally, this Christ child, though born in common surroundings to common people, had a prophetic title and divine anointing. He didn't, they didn't know it at the time, even though there was some magi that visited him and there were gifts given and something very spectacular and divine happened. But little did Herod know, little did uh, uh, Cephas know, or Caiaphas, I should say, little did Pilate know, little did even Caesar know, all of them at this time know that this common child would come from a common city and would be the one that Isaiah spoke about very specifically, which they knew about, in particular the Jews. This little child, who they knew nothing about, Isaiah was speaking of, and they didn't even know he was among their midst. And I shared this with you last week, actually. Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born. Is it the 25th? No. I don't think anybody really knows when Jesus was born. I got a lot of hypotheses and, and thoughts, but we know he was born. They have maybe a, maybe a specific time or a region, or, uh, but we don't know exactly when he was born. For unto us a child is born and a son is given, and the government will rest upon his shoulders. I sometimes get mad at the television that I want to throw my shoe at it. Sometimes I watch the news and I tell you my blood boils, and I'm going, oh God, oh God, oh God, I can't take it anymore. But that is, that is fleshly. The government is on his shoulders, and the governments are on his shoulders. And though we see things falling apart, it's not the first time things have fallen apart. This Messiah, Christ child, has it all together. He knows exactly what he's doing, when he's going to do it, and how he's going to do it. He's not anxious. He's not sitting there quivering and saying, I don't know what's going to happen next. He has everything specifically and surgically under control. The government's on his shoulders. Can somebody say amen? I'm telling you, that's something to just smile about because if not, you look at the television, you want to, you know, the virus, the masks, you know, all these things. Dr. Case can tell you, I have issues. <laughs> I have issues with this thing. Me and this thing do not have a love relationship. I'm not one with this. It is something that I don't speak fondly of. It's something that I don't carry with me and hold it and caress it. It's not something that, that you know, I, I want to just make known. And it, it bothers me. Yet, I know um, I have responsibilities. But the government is on his shoulders. All of the governments. So if i got to put up with this. 
All I can say is stay tuned. Watch. Watch what God does. How many are, how many are looking for God to do something great? Thank you. Yes. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And they will call him Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That was his prophetic anointing. They didn't even know it. This Christ child prophetic anointing even continued with the Redeemer and the Bread of Life and the Son of the Living God, the Holy One of Israel. He's the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. He's the Alpha and He's the Omega. He is the Messiah King. This Christ child. How low He came to elevate us so high. What an amazing God. Bless the Lord. All our soul and all that is within us, bless his holy name. That's the reason we sing it. He became low to exalt us to the Father. It doesn't make sense. Yet, it's a way that we walk as well. The way up is down. He left us that as an example. So when you open your Christmas presents, and I hope you get what you want. hope you don't get switches and coal. I don't believe in Santa Claus. Uh, nor do I, but if you get switches and coals somehow, you know that your parents are trying to send you a message, I can tell you that. When you open your Christmas presents, which is a tradition of we call them, the wise men, give them the presents and all that stuff, remember the Christ child. Remember what he did. Remember where he came from. Remember what he could have had, and yet he came and connected to you. But remember the most meaningful gift that we've received, and that is the gift of the common Messiah child who was and is the gift to us of eternal life to all mankind the greatest most powerful redemptive life-giving gift of all Jesus so when you see a manger or you just see somebody just you know playing you know Frosty the snowman because I don't really acknowledge or they don't do that it used to be it was all about you know you know, wonderful Christmas songs about Christ. But that's good. You want to do Frosty the Snowman, that's, that's wonderful. But the thing is this. When they, do, when, you, when they do that, remember, you can sing anything in your heart. Right? This is a Christmas time. This is Christmas time. You look something like God. You look something like God. God was created. You were created by virtue of him, and you resemble him. Don't ever, I'll say this and I'm going to give it to Brother Stacy. Don't ever, 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 ever count your worth on what you feel you need to look like. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You were wonderfully and gloriously and miraculously and beautifully made. God makes no mistakes. Don't you let the enemy for one moment. You don't have to tuck it. You don't have to stretch it. You don't have to Botox it. You don't have to hold it up. You don't have to, you know, sling it in. You don't have to do all that stuff. I mean, I, you know, look, I, I'm probably going to get in trouble. But some people, you know, when you get older like me and some people get that stuff done, they look like the Joker. And they just, it stretches like they got 30 rubber bands holding behind their ears or something. I want you to be um, comfortable in who you are. Amen. The Christ child has come to you.